0: Let's pray, shall we? O oh Lord, we would turn our eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. May the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We ask it in his name. Amen. On Sunday mornings, we're doing a mini-series we're calling The Great Invitation, looking together at Jesus' words in the closing verses of Matthew's Gospel and uh, chapter 11. Let's read those verses now, Matthew 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Last week we focused on the first of these three verses, verse 28, and the Saviour's invitation to come and rest. We saw three things. Number one, you are invited. Number two, Jesus invites you. And number three, what an invitation. What an invitation to come to Jesus Christ that he might give you a rest. This week, with the Lord's help, we're focusing upon uh, the middle of these uh, three uh, verses. Our text this morning, Matthew chapter 11 and uh, verse 29. The central verse of this uh, three verse Invitation. Let's read verse 29 again. The Lord Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest uh, for your souls. Verse 29 uh, connects, verse 28 which comes before it, and verse uh, 30 uh, which comes after it, this twenty ninth verse it begins with a foretaste of verse thirty and it ends with a reminder of verse twenty eight The foretaste of verse thirty is at the beginning of verse twenty nine where Jesus says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because in verse thirty he goes on to speak further of his yoke. He says, "For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." The reminder of verse 28 is at the end of verse 29 where the Lord Jesus speaks of finding rest for your souls. Picking up on the words of his invitation in verse 28 to come and rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. But central to verse 29 is Jesus' description of himself. Where he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And these words are hugely significant to our understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ of who he is as the Son of God, and of all that he offers to us as the Savior of the world. And I want us to zoom in very much on these words in the middle of verse 29 this morning, where Jesus says of himself, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Many of you know that a year or two ago, uh, a very popular Christian book was published with the title Gentle and Lowly by an American uh, pastor, Dane Ortland. And if you're a Christian and you've not yet read that book, I would encourage you to get hold of it and uh, uh, to read it. I believe it to be one of the most significant Christian books that's been published in recent times. But enough about that. For our purposes this morning, we're zooming in on these words, I am gentle and lowly in heart. So if last week the theme was come and rest, this week the theme is gentle and lowly. And we want to see that here the Lord Jesus shows us something of his own heart. And impresses upon us that this invitation in these verses 28, 29, 30 of Matthew 11 comes very much from his heart to yours. What can we say from these words this morning? Well, three things. Number one, what you need to know about Jesus' heart. What you need to know about Jesus' heart. He says, he tells you, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Let's just stay with those words, I am, for a moment. Those are significant Words in John's Gospel, one of the parallel Gospels, not Matthew but John, we have Jesus seven what we call "I am" saying statements he makes, beginning with this term "I am," and "I am" is one of the names of God. And so, when Jesus said "I am," he was very clearly, very definitely claiming to be divine. And the Son of God makes these seven I am statements recorded for us by John in his gospel. And each of them individually and all of them together describe what he is to us. So Jesus says I am the bread. He is the only one who can satisfy that hunger we all have deep within. Not a physical hunger but a spiritual hunger. Jesus says, I am the light. He is the only one who can enlighten the darkness uh, that is within each one of our hearts. Jesus says, I am the door. He is the only one who can close the door of hell to us and open the door of heaven to us and bring us into the experience and the joy of salvation. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He is the one who can lead us through life, uphill and down dale, all the way home to glory. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He has eternal life himself and he offers everlasting life to us that we may not simply live for him here upon the earth, but that one day we might also live with him in heaven. He is the one who says, I am the way, the truth, and uh, the life. The only way to God. The personification of truth. The only one in whom real life can be found and experienced. He is the one who says, I am the vine. And if we are a branch plugged into the vine, then we have life. And we flourish and we thrive. But if we are a branch detached from the vine, if our faith is not in Jesus Christ, if our trust is not in him alone, then we wither and we fade. So those I am statements in John's gospel are remarkably important and teach us so much about what Jesus is to all those who trust in him. But this I am statement we have from the Lord Jesus here in our text this morning, Matthew 11 verse 29, is is different in that it describes not so much what Jesus is to us, but it speaks more of what he is in and of himself. Himself that he is gentle and lowly in heart. This is what he is at his very core. It's like if you, if you have an onion and you, you strip away all the layers and what have you got in the middle? Or one of those uh, uh, dolls, you know, where you take one bit off and then you take another bit off and you keep taking it off until you're, you're left with something in the middle. Yes, Jesus is the bread, Strip that away. Yes, Jesus is the light. Strip that away. Yes, Jesus is the door. Strip that away. Yes, Jesus is the shepherd. Strip that away. Yes, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Strip that away. Yes, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Strip that away. Yes, Jesus is the vine. Strip that away. What is He at His core, in His heart, at His very essence? He tells us, I am gentle and lowly in heart. He says, I am gentle. The word translated here gentle can also be translated meek. Of course, there is a popular idea uh, that uh, meekness is weakness. To be meek, to be gentle is to be weak. But meekness, true meekness is not really weakness. It is not weakness at all. We know from the pages of the Gospels that uh, there was none stronger than the Lord Jesus Christ. What strength it took to be who he was as he lived here upon the earth. What strength it took to do what he did as he not only lived for us but also died for us and then rose triumphantly and victoriously from the dead. And Jesus could be very firm when he needed to be very firm. You think of some of the things he said to the Pharisees, the ultra-religious of his day, when he said to them things like, you brood of vipers. But Jesus says, I am gentle. Not only does he describe himself as gentle or meek, but he also describes himself as lowly or we could translate that humble we understand don't we that humility is the opposite of proud. pride and that though in one sense the lord jesus christ has every reason to be proud he has so much to be proud of yet he describes himself as humble and again we see his humility upon page after page Of the Gospels. We see his humility in his willingness to submit to his father's authority. We see his humility in that he gladly submits to his father's will. We see his humility in classic statements that he made. Such as when he told us that he came not to be served but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is gentle, and Jesus is lowly. Indeed, really and truly in his heart, Jesus is like no one else. His character is uniquely attractive. He's not just good on the outside, but he's good on the inside too. What you need to know about Jesus' heart. But will you think with me secondly this morning about what you need to know about your heart? What you need to know about your heart? Because we need to understand that the Bible shows us Jesus so that one, we see what's right with him, that he is gentle and lowly in heart, but also so that, too, we see what's wrong with us, that we are not as he is. The Bible couldn't be clearer that Jesus is different from us, that we are different to him. His heart is beautiful. Our hearts, by comparison, are ugly. His character is attractive and compelling. Whereas our characters, my character, your character, they leave so much to be desired. You see, Jesus is never anything but gentle. Even his strength is a gentle strength and we're so often anything but gentle aren't we we're often weak when we should be strong we're often angry when we should be gentle let me ask you how many people can you think of that you know that you would say well they're just such a, a gentle person. Well, you probably can't think of too many. And then having put everyone else under the microscope, put yourself under the microscope. I put myself under the microscope. You put yourself under the microscope. How many people would describe us as gentle? How many people would say he, she, there? They're just one of the most gentle people I've ever met. One of the most gentle people I've ever known. No, we don't really cut the mustard on this one, do we? Jesus, never anything but gentle. We're so not gentle so much of the time. And just as he's never anything but gentle, so he's never anything but lowly. We see this most clearly at Calvary as he allowed wicked men to take hold of him and to nail him to a cross. That there he might take our place and die for our sins so that we could be forgiven and reconciled to God. He's never anything but lowly. What humility he exhibits at Calvary. But we're so often anything but, aren't we? We're so often so proud, even though in the final analysis before God we don't really have anything worth being proud of. And such is our sinful, fallen human nature that we can even be proud of our humility and that our humility, what humility we have, is is often just... A form of inverted pride. Gentle. None of us as gentle as we might be. Lowly. None of us as humble as we ought to be. I was reminded in thinking about these verses in preparation of a statement that we have back in the Old Testament In Jeremiah's prophecy, chapter 17, and verse 9, famous words these: The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's my heart, friends, as I stand before you this morning by nature. And that's your heart, too, as you sit in front of me, left to yourself. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jesus' heart, so, so beautiful. Our hearts, so, so ugly. So this verse, it would tell us what you need to know about Jesus' heart and it would tell us what you need to know about your heart. But there's a, a third thing we can draw from our text this morning. And that's what you need to know about heart change. What you need to know about heart change. Because the gospel, the good news, is all about a change of heart. Not understand that we have a change of heart, but rather understand that Jesus gives us a change of heart. You see, to become a Christian is not about mere outward change. Yes, if we become Christians, we will change on the outside in terms of how we live in the day-to-day. But becoming a Christian is not about mere outward change. Rather, it is about a change deep within. It's about something which happens first on the inside, which then increasingly evidences itself. On the outside. Again. Some words from. The Old Testament. We were in Jeremiah. One of the big prophets. A moment ago. Let's go to Ezekiel. Another of the big prophets just now. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. This is what the Lord promises to those who turn to him. He says I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Jesus, sorry, the, the, the Bible contrasts in, those, in that verse a heart of stone on the one hand and a heart of flesh on the other. It's teaching us that by nature left to ourselves we all have hearts of stone as the children of Adam as fallen human beings. But that in the Lord Jesus Christ we are offered hearts of flesh. What does God's word mean when it talks about a heart of stone and a heart of flesh? Well a heart of stone is a hard heart. It's a cold heart. It's an unfeeling heart. It's a proud heart. It's a selfish heart. It's an unkind heart. It's a heart which is so utterly unlike the heart of the Lord Jesus. That's my heart. That's your heart by nature left to ourselves a heart of stone. But in the gospel, we are offered a heart of flesh. And the heart of flesh could not be more different to the heart of stone. And if the heart of stone is such a wretched thing, well, the heart of flesh is such a wonderful thing. A heart of flesh is a soft heart. It's a warm heart. It's an affectionate heart. It's a humble heart. It's a generous heart. It's a kind heart. In short, it's a heart just like the Lord Jesus' heart. And when somebody becomes a Christian, God in his grace, he he takes our heart of stone and he gives A heart of flesh. And this is something which is both definite and gradual. What do I mean by that? Well, let me explain. When we repent and turn from our sin, and we turn and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, in a very definite way, our heart of stone is taken away, a heart of flesh is given to us. There is a definite change at conversion. The direction is set there 's no going back we 're to have hearts of flesh, not to have hearts of stone, but at the same time, this heart of change, though this uh, heart change, though very definite at conversion, is, is also properly understood a, a gradual thing that develops during our Christian lives as day by day our hearts are renewed and we think and we feel and we act less and less how once we did and we think and we feel and we act more and more how the Lord would have us to do. So you see, to become a Christian is to become like Jesus from the inside out. To be changed on the inside and then gradually to change on the outside. This verse, as it holds up Jesus who is gentle and lowly, in heart and shows us that we are are not as he is so it speaks to us of our need for for heart change that our hearts need to change and it's only the lord jesus who can change our hearts we can't change our own hearts it's beyond us no one else can change our hearts because no one else is gentle and lowly in heart as he is but it's not hopeless our case is not helpless Because there is one who is gentle and lowly in heart. And who can make us just like him. Wouldn't that be wonderful? To have a heart like Jesus' heart. Remember, as we draw to a close this morning. Jesus' self-description. This statement we're thinking about this morning where he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. It comes in the middle of this great invitation. This one who said in last week's text, come and rest, come to me and I will give you rest. This one who issues his invitation again this morning. Who bids you to come to him that he might take from you everything bad and give to you everything good. He is gentle and lowly. Jesus is impressing upon us this morning, friends. That you can believe his words because you can trust his heart we've no doubt all had the experience in life haven't we where we've doubted someone's words because if we're honest we don't trust their heart sadly perhaps people have had that experience with us on occasions they've doubted what we've said because they don't really trust our hearts but there's no need for that where the lord jesus is concerned He is gentle and lowly in heart. He could not be more meek. He could not be more humble. He could not be more wonderful. And you can believe his words. Because you can trust his heart. Will you do that my friend this morning? Will you trust the heart of the one who is gentle and lowly? Will you believe his words? That if you come to him he will give you rest. He will take away your sin, and he will give to you eternal, everlasting life. You can believe his words, because you can trust his heart. And if you've never done it before, then it's time to do it now. Amen.